Hello, and welcome to another episode of Around the Metaverse. I am your co-host, Packer Ewing, coming to you live from a hotel room in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm joined by my good Canadian colleague and friend, Adam Fish. Adam, how are you today? I am doing well, but not as well as you. Why don't we no, talk a little well. bit? Let's let's talk a bit about what you you are you are not in Milwaukee for business. This is for pleasure. This is pure pleasure uh, and, and and good fortune and luck and karma. I don't know what you want to call it, but uh, for the uninitiated, NBA Top Shot uh, had another utility driven, collector score driven giveaway. Um, not including the one for the Chicago Sky Phoenix Mercury game uh, a few days ago for the clinching WNBA Finals game, but actually for the NBA season tip-off with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets. Um, they picked 38 collectors and their guests uh, with a number of different criteria to qualify to attend. And one of our Twitter friends, Yuri, um, you know, the leader of the pool party, a, a very noted Jordan Pool fan, he won. Uh, he made a great video. He was selected and he reached out to me and said, hey, I, I would love for you to be my guest and for you to accompany me on this trip. And it was very hard for me to say no to that offer as much as Yuri is a, you know, relative stranger. Um, I was delighted. Well, by why, the would you, why would you say no? I mean, it's well, we, we should say that I think he gave you some credit for his win because you you saw it and you boosted it on Twitter. And I'm, I boosted it. I'm sure. Not- I'm sure that helped uh, get him some visibility, but uh, yeah, good good news and good fortune for Packer viewing. I mean, this is I'm I'm looking now at the itinerary for your trip, um, and it's you know a a two day uh, adventure with you know dinner that their dinner tonight will feature a, a special guest appearance. I'm sure whenever our listeners hear it, they'll probably know by now what it is, but we don't know who it is. I have no Um, idea. I have no idea. I will say having been fortunate enough to attend the Vegas trip in a more business-like capacity, this itinerary and trip seems more organized. Um, The itinerary is definitely more kind of structured. Um, I think that's, you know, Vegas is also kind of a hard place to structure. That was also over the course of like three or four days. But um, today we have uh, some shuffleboard and axe throwing. We're going to have a Monday night football kind of dinner and drinks watch party with a special guest appearance. Who that will be, I do not know. And then tomorrow, there's going to be office hours during breakfast with some Top Shot folks. Um, we're going to go to the Fiserv Forum. We're going to have a little shopping spree. We're going to have a tour. We're going to see, I believe, the rings and the trophy, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, We're going to get to watch warm-ups on the floor, which is probably the coolest thing and then we'll have a top shot suite for the game so very exciting i'm i'm grinning from ear to ear you can't see it but i hope you can hear it i'm i'm thrilled i took a vacation days from work um my wife god bless her uh you know gave me the green light to, to she, she's a good sport she she's is a, a good sport i owe her a very generous thoughtful gift <laughs> I mean, it, it, and this is, it's exciting for, for all of Top Shot, even, even those of us that are not attending, um, because, you know, we're, we're seeing more examples of utility for collectors, right? People, people that are not in the space keep asking, well, well, what's the point? What's the point of owning a, a moment that you can just watch on YouTube? Well, you, you don't get this experience on YouTube, right? Not that this is the only reason to collect, but it's a clear 
it's a clear benefit to collecting is yeah you might you might win some some cool merch you might win a trip like this and and as you said you know it's more formalized than vegas i'm sure i mean vegas was they they had the, the trip during the finals last season they had the summer league trip and i'm sure that they're getting this down to a science um because because we're going to we're going to see a lot more of it and maybe they won't all be trips maybe some of them will be you know local uh winners in different cities that will get special treatment or special utility but we're seeing them really roll this out as a routine and regular part of the top shot experience yeah it's absolutely right adam and i think it's a good kind of checkpoint for expectations and reality i think after the phoenix trip after vegas we all kind of were heading into this season wondering and thinking oh cool they're probably going to do this more often and then sure enough i mean literally opening night the first game of the year 80 people i mean 38 plus their guests it's it's a big group it's 80 people right so like there's a big group it's much it's the largest group they've ever hosted um to my knowledge so it's really a, a positive sign of things to come um, I'm excited to kind of see what else happens this season. And it's just a great, you know, example of the utility of collecting, of being a fan, that currency of fandom kind of motto that they, that they harp on. And it was really nice to see all the different ways you could win, right? It was basically, you could do a showcase to win. If you completed one of the finals, uh, challenges, I believe you were eligible to win. If you collected a Milwaukee Bucks complete team set or had every Milwaukee Bucks playoff moment, you were eligible. So there were really four or five or six different paths to winning as well as you can make a video or write a post or kind of plea your case um, on Twitter, which is how Yuri won, right? He made this amazing video of how he actually was at the game where they clinched in the stands. I mean, in the, in the crowd outside with the top shot poster and he's in like official NBA footage from that. So he had this really cool narrative and I'm glad they recognized him and some other collectors for that. Um, So it's gonna be a really fun time. I'm excited to hang out with, you know, the most fun part, fun part about Vegas was just being with all these other collectors at a game in person. And it'll be really cool to get to do that again with a much bigger group. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it'll be interesting to see the mix of, you know, hardcore bucks fans versus just general collectors versus um, anyone who just decided to make a showcase or make a funny video and get in. But, you know, it, it, there's this common thread that runs through the whole crowd of, everyone is tied together by this top shot collecting experience. Um, and so I, you know, I think it's, it's exciting. I'm curious to hear. So there, there is dinner tonight with a special guest appearance and then tomorrow a meet and greet with a Bucks legend. So I, I'm very curious to hear who you get exposed to. Um, you know, it, I, I hope that, uh, that Oscar Robertson uh, gets into a fight with one of the winners. Uh, because because that would be fantastic. Um, it would make a great story. But um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's look, it's it's fun. It's all it's all fun, and that's what this is supposed to be. Yeah, and you know what? Collect what you love and get rewarded. And if you're a Bucks fan, hopefully you had a pretty good chance to to win this and get to come. And you know, it's it's a really great example of why Top Shot is unique amongst other NFTs. Um, and a really great example and, of how and, they, and unique among among sports memorabilia, right? Yeah. Like there's well, no right, it's, that, right? Yeah. it's it's a huge industry, and you know people spend thousands of dollars on 
t-shirts and pennants and banners and, and jerseys and, you know, and, and on and on and on. Um, and none of those things come with this kind of utility. So, you know, they're very much breaking new ground as, as they're well aware. And, you know, after, after some periods of quiet, we're seeing them act on it. Yeah. So I was actually at, uh, I had a bite to eat around the corner um, prior to this by myself, just had a, a bratwurst and some cheese curds as a true Wisconsinite would. And sure. two other people came in and sat a little bit farther down the bar. Um, and they also had won. Uh, they were from, I, I, I eavesdropped. I, they were talking to the bartenders. I didn't want to interrupt. Believe it or not, I'm actually quite shy in real life. Um, behind a keyboard or a computer, I'll say anything. But in real life, I'm, I'm more <laughs> reserved. Um, and it was a husband and a wife. And they were talking to the bartender and describing, oh, we just flew in from Maryland. We won this trip. He was trying to explain NFTs uh, to a you know a, a layman. Um, but he was talking about all the benefits. And the bartender was like, wow, it's, you like won the lottery. It's incredible. She's, they're like, yeah, we never thought we'd ever, we've never won anything like this in our lives. It's amazing. We're so excited. And it was really like, when you just read it to a stranger, it's like, well, I got a flight and a hotel and I'm going to the game and I'm going to be courtside. I'm going to be in a suite and we're going to go on a shopping. It's like, oh my God. Like yeah. people dream of this stuff and Topshop has done it now basically in four consecutive months, you know? Yeah. Like, and, and, and you're, you're right. You know, hearing that story, you can easily see how, you know, they're going to host 80 people at this event. And those 80 people are going to become immediate top shot evangelists, right? They're going to fly back to wherever they're from and they're going to tell their friends and family of like, Hey, you know, it's one thing to say, Oh yeah, I'm collecting these things. And people might say, Oh, that sounds weird. Or, oh, it's videos. Who cares? But you say, Oh, Hey, I got to fly to Milwaukee for opening night of the NBA. And I got to do all this amazing stuff. And Oh, how'd you get to do that? Well, it's because of top shot. Right. It, and it frames the conversation in a very different way. Yeah. You know, every once in a while, Top Shot kind of breaks out of its routine and introduces something really exciting and new that reinvigorates that enthusiasm that we all have for it. Obviously, th this past weekend, they dropped the much hyped and anticipated run it back set. Oh, yes. In the oh, 05 yes. and 06 season. Um, and, you know, I think that for the most part lived up to the hype, too. Before we even dive into that in the spirit of utility, you know, they have the Dwayne Wade fandom tier vintage vibes moments that are being released today um, for, you know, uh, fandom tier being they will mint as many as are ordered and anyone could buy and pre-order up to three of them. And one of the cool things that they're adding on to that, in addition to just making it accessible to everyone to have a Dwayne Wade collectible, um, if you can't afford that run it back moment, right, is that. If you own one of those moments or any Dwayne Wade moment, you will be entered to win exclusive Dwayne Wade merch, which is just another one of those use cases. Collect what you like, collect what you love, and potentially be rewarded. But yep. you want a backdrop. I mean, I don't know how you felt about it. Obviously, there were some challenges around the, the, the drop itself. You know, it got delayed a little bit after PQ1. Um but how was your run it back experience? Your drop? Did you get a pack? What did you buy? Tell me all about it. So I I, I was in PQ one and I was lucky to to get a pack. Um, so I didn't. I, I sort of saw the the delays and the issues from a distance. Uh, obviously, many people I knew um, and and members of our Packrip Media family were on the later queues and had to wait. 
but for us, uh, or for me, I, I got a pack. Um, I wasn't thrilled about my pull, I will admit. Um, I, I pulled a Danny Granger run it back. I pulled a Shane um, Battier, you know, so. <laughs> which is I love so, you, you Shane, know, like you're great, but obviously not what we were hoping for. No offense. No, although, although got to give Shane credit for, uh, for enjoying the, for getting into the spirit on Twitter and, uh, think, and having some good back and forth. I think uh, we referred to him to create an account. I think he's an actual collector now. It's great. It's yeah. great. You love to love see it. You love to see um, it. But, uh, you know, my, it, so it came with, uh, with archive moments and, uh, and I was quite happy with those. I got a, I got a Alonzo morning. Um, so, uh, you know, I think overall, I mean, h- how do you not get excited about it? I mean, if you're, we are, we are longtime NBA fans in our thirties. Yeah. You know, o- 05, 06 is really tapping into uh, an ideal window of, you know, I, I was, I was in college at that time. Me too. I was uh, a freshman. It's just like, so, nostalgia and everything like to the max oh absolutely so i mean i was happy with in spite of that poll i was happy with the whole experience um you know i i bought a shack on the open market the night of release uh i know you went shopping quite a bit yeah uh, i'm at at 43 right now out of 50 out of 50 so i don't have shack i don't have uh iverson i don't have lebron I don't have Carmelo. I don't have Tim Duncan. I don't have Paul Pierce. And I don't have Chris Paul, but I do have everyone else. And I don't oh, know. So you, you, you bought a Wade. A Wade was the first one that I bought. Wade was like, my oh, okay. Big buy. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. So, so here's a question that I have for you then. So what are your thoughts? Because I've been thinking about this in the context of Shaq. What are your thoughts on the effect, if any, on the price of those rare moments that there's going to be a fandom tier along with them. Because as you said, there's no limit, right, to the mint. It's not like, you know, with with some of the other players, with, with Steve Nash, for example, he's going to have an archive moment, but his archive moment has, I think, a 10,000 circulation. Yeah. The, the, I mean, Dwayne Wade in particular, we don't know what the circulation is going to be. It could be 50,000, 60,000, 80,000. I have no idea. So did you give that any thought or is that just, you know, well, it's, it's a different, it's a different tier and I want the rare one and I don't care. Um, I want the rare one and I don't care, but I also like it because I want everyone to be able to collect players that they like without it being so prohibitively expensive. And if the only Dwayne Wade option is to spend 2000 or $3,000 on it, that excludes a lot of people, right? Like, not sure. everyone has money like that to just throw around, whether they view it as an investment or a speculative gamble or a collectible, however you want to define it. Um, yeah. I think it's great that there's more than one Dwayne Wade moment. And I think it's great that there are Dwayne Wade moments available at every price point for every collector. And I do think that the rare Top Shot debut, run it back Dwayne Wade moment will hold value, if not increase in value um, over time. You know, I'm not really worried about like what's going to happen in the next seven days. Uh, you know, this Dwayne Wade moment is in my collection for a year, two years, three years, you know, like I've never made a withdrawal. If I sell anything, I reinvest it into the platform. Um, yep. So I, I'm not particularly worried about that. My top shot strategy um, that I've, you know, focused on and refined over the summer is rare and legendary pretty much exclusively other than, you know, specific commons for the Knicks or for a really cool play that I like. Um, 
but I don't go out of my way to like buy common moments just because Top Shot has made it pretty clear, even in a blog post they published yesterday, you know, common moments are designed to be accessible for everyone and they are designed to be collectibles and they're not really designed to be valuable, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, and I, I think I take a similar approach, although I'm, I'm, I think a little bit more bullish on season one top shot debut or common top shot debuts yeah. than you are. Um, Cause I, I do have some of those, but yeah, I think in, in general, I, you know, the only times I've really bought, gone out of my way to buy commons other than pulling them in packs uh, is for the Raptors, you know, full team set um, that has now been broken up. Now that uh, Chris Bosch has a run it back moment. Uh, I'll, I, I haven't really decided yet if I'm going to buy the rare or, uh, or if I'm going to just get uh, his fandom tier when it's released. Yeah. Uh, I think part of it may, I, I sort of, thinking about maybe selling Shaq uh, for a, a profit and then reinvesting it into a number of the other run back moments instead. On the other hand, um, having the debut of one of the 10 best players ever on top shot is probably a, a pretty good long-term hold. So it's, it's hard to go wrong there. I think I have a feeling that, and this is pure speculation, right? I don't know anything. Um, I would be shocked if the TNT broadcast tomorrow night, did not involve run it back and top shot. I would yeah. be shocked if Shaq did not feature his moment. Like if Shaq is on that broadcast and there's a Shaq moment that just came out from top shot from run it back from that year that he won a championship and top shot is also at the game in the suite having this, like it, I mean, it, 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 it all just, lines up, right? It all lines up. It, it all lines it feels, up. Right? It, it would be very weird if it would almost look like an omission to not, to not mention it. And maybe it won't happen. And like, it's fine if it doesn't, but I would be reading the tea leaves of all the momentum and positive things that have happened. Durant, NBA marketing, run it, you know, like all these things seem to be lining up for kind of like Top Shot's TV debut being tomorrow night. Well, when you think about, you know, the NFL spending two minutes on it a few weeks ago and the NFL doesn't even have a product yet. Yeah. Um, you know, compare <laughs> Compared to there's literally a member of the broadcast team who just had a rare run it back moment released. It it would in that context, it would seem pretty odd for to sort of it would seem yeah, really strange, I, th- yeah. I think, to just ignore that and and not cover it at all. So we'll see. But I, yeah, I think I think there's there's a good chance that you're right. Between Shaq being in the pack and on the broadcast team, Kevin Durant being on the opposite team, having just announced this huge investment in partnership with Top Shot, and the Bucks being the reason everyone is there, it's kind of like this whole eternity of reasons for them to have something planned. But again, you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, we'll see. I'll I'll be watching. I'll be very curious to see it because, you know, we we know that they that Top Shot hasn't really done much traditional TV marketing up until now. We also know that they're they've been gearing up to roll out more and and to accept more users. So, you know, what what does Top Shot season three look like in the context of the NBA season actually kicking off? It's gonna be fun to see. Yeah, and it's gonna be fun to see what challenges look like, right? Because we haven't gotten a run it back challenge announcement yet of any kind. You know, they did not explicitly say there would be a challenge, but they also didn't say that there wouldn't be a challenge. Um, 
So, but there hasn't been anyone that hasn't been released yet, right? Like everyone yeah, that they... To our knowledge, right? The, 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 every, yes, right. To our knowledge, but... There were 50 players on the list. All 50 are out. Right. But we don't know. Um, there hasn't been a WNBA running back challenge either of any of any sort. Right. So yeah. maybe they're changing their approach to challenges for Series 3. Maybe they're waiting for a big announcement or, or surprise. Um, I know that some people speculatively collected the complete set of running back with the anticipation of there being challenges. Um, if you look back to Series 1 run it back, Kevin Durant, Paul George, Ray Allen, and I believe... Manu, I think, were the challenge rewards. Right. Um, so really great players, really great moments, very scarce and valuable assets. Um, you know, perhaps there's some speculation that uh, I don't know who it would be and maybe it won't happen, but I, I guess we'll yeah, find I out. I mean, it, look, it, it is it is an open set as of now. It's not it is not a closed set. So in theory, you know, some something something could come. There's no question. I mean, it, it's not going to be Kevin Durant. We know that uh, because he was not in the league yet. But um, yeah, who knows? Who knows? I think uh, it'll. You know, it seems like they're leaning more towards showcase challenges or showcase yeah. quests rather than the challenges as they had done them before, and giving people a little bit more flexibility and, in turn having uh, less material impact on the market, you know, sort of the, that post-challenge drop that longer-term collectors got used to. Um, but certainly, you know, if they, if they made a, a, if they had a challenge that required the full set to be collected and it was something attractive, I, I would, I would be tempted because it's a great set. It's a fun one to own. You know, there are, there are, the truth is there are no duds in the set because even the lesser known players, there's still a certain nostalgia for, for seeing those guys, you know, with the grainy footage, um, I love you know, it. in, in the old uniforms. I mean, it's all, it's all great. And, and it just makes the superstars look even better when you have, you know, you have a Dirk where, you know, his first run it back was as a Mav and his second run it back was as a Mav. And you sort of, you know, you have that through line, um, but it's it, it's all great. I got. I have to give love to to the Sonics moments that we that we've seen. It's great to see those jerseys yeah. again. Uh, we had Ray Al. I believe Ray Allen and Richard Lewis were in the run it back set, and then I think Luke Ridenour in the archive set. Yep, uh, which is a real deep cut. But um, but it's it's fun. It's great. But if you, know you look what? at the floor of the run it back set and those moments that are hovering around like one twenty five to two hundred. And then you compare them to other moments in the marketplace. It's like, would you really not want a rare 990 circulation top shot debut run it back moment of like Gerald Wallace or Jason Richardson versus kind of like, I don't know, like George Hill S2 MGLE. It's like right. the same price. Like really? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, a, a lot of the, a lot of the, these moments are, are quite reasonably priced right now. Um, you know, I think and other than other than AI, Wade and Shaq, you know, and nothing else is over 2000 and sort of as we're recording this, you know, you can get a, a Paul Pierce his his only moment as a Celtic for 310 bucks. I mean, like that to me is why why I'm sure there are other MGLEs for comparable price that are much less attractive than something like that. You know, mellow, mellow as a nugget for under 400. I mean, there's, 
Pierce does have the archive. He does have the archive moment, which I think is around 40 or 50 right now, which is like a half court buzzer beater. But one way or another, you know, whether you want to collect common, whether you want to collect rare, um, the options are available for both. In the spirit of options and drops and maybe things that uh, were very hyped and maybe didn't live up to the expectations or or were met with mixed response, Adam, there were some big NFT drops this weekend and uh, people had feelings about them. Yes. Kind of uh, talk through the two big flagship releases over the last few days and maybe kind of what went wrong. Sure. So, so the, the two that we, that we were talking about before we started recording um, were Mechaverse and Doodles and sort of two, two very different experiences. Doodles, uh, you know, the, the public mint was just last night. So kind of the longer term, uh, the longer term results remain to be seen, but you know, Mecha Mechaverse was one, and we, we've seen a number of these over the months that was a real hyped pre-reveal mint. Um, and the, the hype seemed to grow and grow before reveal. Um, at one point, I think the floor was above eight. I think um, their discord had over a hundred thousand people in it. Yeah, uh, I I think that's right. Uh, it seemed like there were more people in their Discord than there were uh, that are OpenSea users. <laughs> so, um, you know, it definitely seemed like it was a project that was benefiting from some. You know, I'm not I'm not saying anything untoward, but you know, some artificial hype. Whether they're you know they're paying influencers or you know you could pay to have people join the discord, things like that. So it, it struck me as that. I don't have any evidence of that, but that's just sort of, it it certainly gave the appearance of hype that was to my mind, artificial. Um, And, you know, I, I stayed away from it. I didn't mint, I didn't buy secondary. And we saw after the drop uh, or after reveal, I should say floor went down to six and then it went down to five and then it went down to four and the floor, as of this moment is just over one and a half. Um, so, you know, there are, if, I mean, if you look through the, the floor prices, almost all of them have been listed at a loss, you know, I mean, it's one's listed for one fifth, 1.56 ETH. The last purchase was for 6.7. One's listed for 1.69. The last purchase was 2.79. One's for 1.75. The last was four. So, I mean, these are, people these are, are like taking- $20,000 losses over the course of like three days. Yeah, and people are taking, you know, it, assuming that they sell, people are taking meaningful losses here. Um, you know, I I found the art to be all right. Um, I think particularly among the commons, a lot of the individual ones did not look distinct to me. They looked very, they looked really indistinguishable from each other. There were minor, minor differences um, and so, uh, it just, it felt like it was lining up to be a hype train that died down if you didn't get a really rare one. Cause we, it, to be fair, you know, we've seen some rare ones even lately that have sold for double digits, you know, 10, 15, 20, 25 ETH. Um, and if you have it and you're happy about the project, then, you know, great. And I, I hope it works out for you. But, you know, I think with projects like this, whatever the reasons behind the hype, I think it's it's definitely worth being cautious about because you know I always think about 
is this somebody's first project that they bought into and that they've, you know, they've heard about NFTs and people have made money and all these things. And, you know, they finally take the plunge and spend three or four or five ETH on one of these NFTs, not realizing that after reveal, they're probably going to get burned. And then they have, and, you know, is that a potential collector that's going to be turned off for good now? Um, so, you know, that's, it's a situation where I get it, the, the delayed reveal builds up the hype, but the byproduct of that can be that people get burned. And, you know, the, so, and the other drop that happened last night that was sort of, it, it hasn't burned anyone to the same extent, but the doodles were one that there was a lot of kind of controversy on Twitter over the weekend. People weren't happy about the way that the drop was handled. So it was, uh, it was a drop of 10,000, but the first 5,000 were reserved for a whitelist of, I think, mostly early Discord users and maybe some influencers. Um, uh, is that, am I speaking out of turn? I think it was mostly influencers, right? Like, I mean, the fact that they closed the Discord after a certain time period and didn't let anyone else in. What 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 percentage of people that knew about it early and got in that early um, weren't influencers, right? Like you right. didn't just, just stumble. It wasn't, up. That yeah. wasn't a good look. That wasn't a good look. Closing the di- having the Discord closed until after minting was done. I've I've never seen that happen, um, and it it was not a good look. Um, and and so there were only five thousand available for public mint. It it went live yesterday at ten o'clock Eastern. Um, the gas was crazy uh i think at one point gas was like one and a half eth to mint um so so it makes me so mad it was basically it basically cost you the same as buying an an unrevealed one at the floor because the floor was about one and a half eth yesterday um and you know and so it just you know when when you when you whitelist there's always that question of how many what's the max number per address and, you know, with with five per address, you have to feel like a lot of those are going to get dumped in the secondary, right? Those are people that they're immediately going to look to to cover their profits and or, or cover their initial investment. And so it ends up being that if you're not on the whitelist, you're basically just carrying someone else's bag. So, you know, two very different drops. They were handled very differently from each other. Um, and doodles may, they may turn out to be a, a fantastic project. I, I don't know. Um, and, and Mechaverse might be too, but I think it raises this question of what are the right drop mechanics? Every, we know every method has pros and cons. There is no, no one's come up with a perfect drop mechanic yet. Um, so, well, yeah, I guess top shot. Um, so I guess my question for you, well, although, I mean, to be fair with top shot, right. They've, They've tweaked their mechanics around collector score eligibility and marketplace bonuses and all those things. You know, it's still, there's nothing perfect about it. Um, But, you know, I I guess my question for you is, we'll put Top Shot aside. In the broader NFT marketplace, what what is your feeling on drop mechanics and sort of what, what you see as the best of all bad options? So I like I like the mint pass approach. Um, I do think that it's a good way to mitigate gas and make it a little bit um, less of a time race based kind of thing. Um, you know, for me, the thing that really grinds my gears a little bit 
is the idea with doodles that you can mint five, whether, whether you were minting in the public or the whitelist, right? Um, It's like, why are you selling them five at a time? If your goal is to kind of build like a community and, and, you know, enable people access. I, I, you know, I thought the art was cool. I wanted one. I think it's going to be one of those projects where the, you know, it'll be successful, you know, frankly, like, yeah, I like the art. I also want to make money, right? I'm not going to lie about that. Like, I want to make money. I think everyone here wants to make money, which is why people are speculatively gambling thousands of dollars to buy a profile picture placeholder for a project like Omeka, where they, th- you know, oh, well, maybe I didn't win the raffle to get a, a mint pass, but, you know, this could go up. But in in the spirit of Mecca is right, like it's kind of the, the top shot challenge lesson. The prices are artificially inflated by the unknown. After the challenge right. ends, after the reveal happens, the prices drop because the utility is no longer there. And, you know, there's lessons everywhere in the NFT world. Um, for me, I think that like buy one and then come back and buy another. Like you don't have to limit people to only being able to buy one at all, but maybe one at a time is is more fair. Um, I kind of like the idea of the stealth drop where, mm. you know, meccas and doodles and these things are are hyped for weeks they're marketing the fucking shit out of these projects to the point that everyone is frothing at the mouth trying to buy it and then it's really like an unfair competitive advantage to people with more money because they could just pay the gap it's it's really like a class warfare thing almost where yeah we're we're all there at 10 but i could just pay 5x the gas that you can and i'll get it first right so like it's really not a fair system um yeah yeah, and, I, and I mean, I, you know, but it's, I mean, with a stealth drop, I guess you're you're going to reward the people that have the time to be watching the marketplace at all times. But but yeah. if, if you happen to catch it when it's happening, then yeah, everyone has equal access, and you know, in in theory, you know, there's going to be an upper limit on how many any one person can mint. Yeah, right? I think that you know, I've been thinking about this because I knew we were going to talk about it. And also just because, you know, I was frustrated last night because I, I just wanted to buy one, right? Like I just wanted to mint the project and you can't, like I was there. I didn't even wait for the Twitter notification. I was refreshing the page just to see when the number of total minted had moved every five seconds. And I yeah. caught it and I minted one and I sped up my gas. And, you know, 10 minutes later, I didn't have one um, and they were sold out. I think that one of the most interesting mint mechanics that I have seen really two. And these are both projects that I own. I'm not pumping my bags, whatever. I don't have that kind of influence in the NFT community. Um, <laughs> you know, like MetaHero, where they almost deliberately made too many so that they couldn't sell out, right? Like whether that was by design or, or a miscalculation of demand, right? I mean, 100,000 plus total planets that were available at a very high mint cost wasn't going to sell out in an instant. So right. the fact that they made it so easy to get one when you wanted to get one, um, and then you know obviously had some benefits and rewards and gamification around that was really interesting. Um, and even Punk's comics, right? Like that maybe now would sell out in an instant, but back then it took a week or two or three to sell out. Um, Blitmap, obviously a project that I've spoken about before. My, yep. my best. Listen, if you in the NFT community, you're going to miss a lot. You're going to make a lot of mistakes, but if you hit once or twice, that's what matters. And Blitmap was a hit by every measure. Um, I, you know, I say that from a, a monetary perspective, but the community, I've learned a ton in there. It's a really interesting group of people. I really love the project. It's very rewarding. Um, but one of the things that made that project really unique was that the actual NFT that you created 
that you got was combining two pieces of art into one. And there was no way to game that or like race to that, right? You had to actually like consciously choose and then mint it. So you couldn't just like speed up gas, mint five or mint 10 and like out by everyone else. You actually had to like take a minute to combine these two different things and then mint it. And it was like that gap of that step in between. Obviously it's not applicable to every project because that was the unique kind of on-chain art creation that made Blitmap special to begin with. But even that, it was kind of like this intermediary thing where you had to just like stop and wait for a minute before you could actually just like button mash your way to get in the NFT first. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking about it while, while you were talking and I, I, I do think that in some ways it sort of depends on the project where, you know, if there is a project with a lot of hype and a lot of excitement around it, I do think that there's, there's something to be said for a Dutch auction. Um, you know, I, I know it's, it's not perfect and it could end up being more expensive, but I, it certainly isn't, uh, you know, it's not a gas war and there's no rush and you can, you can really take your time and obviously it takes some strategy of, you know, is this going to sell out or not or whatever. But, you know, I know right now party degenerates is in the process of minting by Dutch auction. It's, it's a really well-regarded team behind it. Um, and, and it's a project that I could certainly see doing well, but it's been minting for just over 21 hours. Uh, there are 1800 minted and it right now it's 0.7 ETH. So, you know, it's, it's available if you want it at this price. And if not, then, you know, you can wait and see if you can get it cheaper. Um, I think, you know, for, for a project that where maybe it doesn't have the same, uh, kind of backing behind it of like a recognizable team that you would be willing to pay that much. Um, you know, I think there's something to be said probably for, for a stealth drop. I think whitelists are good um, when it's done pro- or, or mint passes rather. I mean, I think the other thing that, that I, I wonder if we'll start to see more of is if there's a minting window and it's sort of a mint pass, but if there's a minting window for every owner of a couple of existing projects and you say, you know, you can mint. So, you know, maybe they say any punk or ape or cool cat, you can mint however many for however many of those that you own, you can Mm -hmm. mint. And so, you know, in, in theory, yeah, there's, there's 30,000 potential minters, but realistically that's not going to lead to the same level of gas war and and each person is only going to mint right if you have one ape and one cool cat you can only mint two to begin with so you know that can be a way that you're not just having this race of everyone jamming gas and using different wallets and bots and those kinds of things yeah but you know i i think it's it's interesting to see these different mechanics evolving um, you know, we're, you and I have been around long enough to remember the days of bonding curves. And that was one of the things that made board apes unique was they didn't have a bonding curve. Yeah. Um, you know, cause I think you understand the logic of it of, well, it, it gets people excited to mint early, but the byproduct is that then people are really unexcited to mint late. Um, so, you know, I, look at every, every 
structure is going to have pros and cons um, and, and gas is going to be a big factor. You know, maybe, maybe it'll be easier to have gas wars when, you know, whenever Ethereum moves to proof of stake and gas is a fraction of what it is now, then maybe, you know, it, well, it's, it's not going to be gas anyway, because it'll be first come first serve. So maybe that'll just be an easier way to do it. Um, and right now it's just this transitionary period where you end up having to pay an ETH to gas miners just to see your transaction fail. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not smart enough to know the answer. I know that Top Shot Q randomization is pretty cool and equitable. Um, yep. You don't always win, but when you do, it feels nice and everyone has the same shot uh, for yep. the most part, other than collector score, which is actually like a fair, if not flawed metric, as opposed to a whitelist, which is just like, you have more Twitter followers than someone else. So we're going to, uh, you know, make sure you, you get one. No offense yeah. to all my blue check marks out there that are rocking <laughs> their, proudly rocking their fucking doodles on their timeline and, you know, going to sell those and make a hundred grand. Good for you. I'm, I'm happy <laughs> for you. Or diamond handed, whatever. You know, you're rich. Congratulations. No, but but you're right. I mean, with, with Top Shot, it, it is, it's, it's equal treatment, right? Yeah. Everybody knows how the collector score is calculated. Any anyone has the ability to up their score to meet whatever the the minimum is for any given drop, and you can enter the queue with everybody else. So there, it is. It no, there is no favoritism in that regard. Yeah, for now, I'm really like sitting out of new projects. Uh, I sold a bunch of my smaller stuff. I consolidated my NFT collection, similar to my Top Shot collection. I uh, I went in on. Uh, MetaHero and Pixel Vault because I yep. believe in that project and that team and I know that they have a history and a track record of being successful and rewarding their collectors and their their community uh, very very well. So I feel comfortable buying into that and knowing that my money is not just going to like shrink week by week as people dump the project and move on to the next shiny new toy. Um, and the community is kind of just like there for the money. And you know, like there's so many things that are great about the NFT community. There are also so many things that are so transparently kind of fake and, and bullshit and, you know, yeah, uh, a lot of it's transactional Yeah, transactional. For, for a lot of people. So but that's okay. Yeah, I, no, I, 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 I hear where you're coming from and, you know, obviously the market over the last couple of weeks, um, the NFT market top shots been, been well, but uh, the broader NFT market has been in a bit of a, a downward swing, whether that lasts or not, who knows, there's been some great news uh, around Coinbase and their new NFT marketplace. Um, so that may pump pump things up again. But um, yeah, I haven't been buying much either. Uh, I've sort of been, I, I'm holding a lot of, I think I, I'm satisfied with most of what I'm holding. Um, some is just illiquid, but a lot of it is just, it's stuff that I'm okay holding on to. And that I think is Either it's blue chip or it's still or it's other quality stuff that I think is going to come back, um, and that I'm happy holding longer term. Um, longer term, we, we say that. I mean, like you know, if you were to buy a stock, you wouldn't think about selling it like three weeks later, right? You're holding it for no. years. But in NFT time, it's like this hasn't tripled in four days. It's a failure. Like it's right. so dumb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the fact that I've that I've held my my dead fellas since mint is you know I've been holding them long term, but really it's been like two months. Right. Um, but that's that that's the nature of uh, the world in which we live today. So, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm holding, you know, I still I'm still excited about uh, Dead Fellows. I'm still excited about Roboto's. I think that that's still a cool project. They have the Robo Pets coming. So, you know, I, I think um, 
you know, I'm not buying much, but I still have faith that, that, uh, that everything's going to work out just fine. I think we're going to be okay. I agree with that. And at the very least we have top shot and, uh, you know, maybe you'll, see me on, maybe you'll see me on TV tomorrow night. I think we've, you know, we, we've both been making some, some top shot investments cause we're both excited about it as we've talked about elsewhere. And, you know, this is, we're, we're, we're at the dawn of a new era. That's for sure. That's a very optimistic note to end on. I like that. Well, right, I, uh, we, we will all wait with bated breath for some blog updates on what the NBA top shot tip off takeover has in store for you and the 80 or so other guests. Yes. I will be reporting back Tuesday night or, or Wednesday morning. And I look forward to sharing it with everyone. I look forward to what the season holds um, for everyone in the top shot community. So thank you all for tuning in and listening. My name is Packer Ewing. You could follow me on Twitter at Packer Ewing or visit our website at packerpedia.com to read all of our latest content and listen to our podcasts. And we'll see you around the metaverse.